to Heroes of Cosplay Sanctuary Podcast. This is your host, Scotty B. And before I get too far into the show, be sure to check me out on social media. Vero True Social at Scotty B Official. Instagram at Heroes of Cosplay Sanctuary. Twitter, HOCS Podcast. You'll find me on Facebook at the same. LinkedIn, Scotty B The Brand. And coming soon to TikTok. I will leave that in the show notes. Find the cast on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere else that you can find a podcast. Please be sure to leave a review. I do appreciate the feedback and programs, including one that I will call Avalon. So be sure to check that out. And of course, that's the unofficial name. It's the one that I'm using while I'm building that piece, something that I can offer to you something above and beyond that will help you in this space, which of course will always be a safe space for cosplayers and people in the industry to share their insights, their stories, their fandom, their skills, everything and anything in between. A very special thanks to all of my guests. You really do make this show special, and I do appreciate each and every one of you who have come forward, who have sent me a message, a DM to me or anything like that to say that you wanted to be on the show or that we should collaborate and the people that I've reached out to that have said yes, thank you so much for everything that you do inside of this space and for sharing your fandom, your cosplays. Of course, if you want to be on the show or if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email them to me, scottyb at hocspodcast.com. Now in this episode, the conversation is going to be my cosplay bucket list. So I'll be honest with you, listeners, I don't have forever. And I have a limited amount of money and time to spend on cosplay. So I thought it would be good in season one at some point to talk about what I've learned with cosplay and what I am working on currently and what I want on my list or the things that I do want to build. I'm not much of a cosplayer I haven't been. I've been trying. I do have a Riddler cosplay, and I do have, I'm working on a Ronin cosplay that someday soon I hope to be able to have time to really develop the foam armor for, but I do have some things that are coming up that are pretty cool that I would like to work on, and I just created a bucket list, so hopefully I won't lose the script that I created for this podcast so that I can keep referring back to it as I go, but yeah, if you're, if you just want to geek out with me for the next 15 minutes please feel free to. I'm going to go through a bunch of my whys with some of these cosplay builds that I want to get into over the next few years. And I'd say that all total, I will probably spend about seven years of my time building this podcast, building the programs around it, and building cosplays, and going to events, and seeing where it goes, and seeing what you want out of all of this, because really, at the end of the day, it's for you, not for me. I do get joy out of doing it, and sharing everything with you, but it really is something to help the community, to reach out to you, the cosplayer, to what you do, and to emulate some of that, and to give back to you. I thought it would be good just to talk about some of the cosplays that I'm working on, because when do I ever get a chance to really talk about that? So uh, one of the bigger ones that I have going on right now is from Witcher. So 
not too long ago, and we will we will probably cross a line here as far as fandom and as far as talking about mainstream stuff and the storytelling. I don't usually tell a lot of stories about myself on the show, but hey, we'll try it today. And, you know, we'll probably go on for a while. Just fast forward to the end. No, um, but yeah, I'm working on a Witcher cosplay right now, and I want to make sure that I get it right. Uh, I'll have some people helping me with the wig and walking me through that whole process so that I can learn more about how to stylize and leather a wig, because if there's one thing that I know about the character, he's, he's a bit of a mess with his hair. It's kind of grungy, so I want to make sure that it looks right for that. Uh, Witcher doesn't have purely white hair. It's kind of dingy. And actually, in general, he's kind of a dingy guy. So um, congratulations to Henry Cavill for really pulling off that character and um, making it true to you know everything that already existed for it. I really did like the show on Netflix. I really did think the armor was cool. And some of the things that I learned on Cosplay Chris's channel on how to build it, I will be looking forward to making that armor. I guess the only difference will be that I will not be using, I know a lot of people do use like the um, tumbling mats or the mats that you can put together. They're like checkered or puzzle pieces. And I'm not a real big fan of check mats or whatever you want to call them. I'd rather use different kinds of foam or maybe just a different quality of foam. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for that. I used to be in the furniture industry, so I'm just using things that are easier for me to work with, you know, you to each his own. And, you know, sometimes it's about cost or cutting costs. You know, for me, it's just trying to get something that I know is component that I can work with. I don't have a ton of like fancy tools like some people do in their workshops. I don't really have a workshop, so I want to make it easy on me. And I've not done a whole lot with armor, but this will be a fun one. Hopefully I can get it done before the next season comes out. And honestly, that one's not really even on the list. The big one that's going to be coming up is going to be Dr. Fate. And, you know, I've I've been a fan of Dr. Fate for a long, long time. And I'm not even sure that I can really tell you a lot about the character other than he's just super cool. Um, but I remember buying the toy. Well, I wasn't buying the toy. My mom or my parents were buying the toys once upon a time. So I just remember that he was one of the coolest little DC figurines that I could find. You know, I had a lot of them. I had Superman and Batman. Um, along came Dr. Fate, probably because there were some that you just couldn't find. And his was probably more common. Like, I don't remember there even being a Green Lantern. And there were, um, there were also like some Secret Wars figurines, but we'll get into that later. So the, for the DC superheroes, you know, and you could squeeze their legs and their armors would move a little bit. Um, you might know the ones that I'm talking about. Um, just the really little, they're like three and a half inches or something. They're just these little like G.I. Joe type looking figures. But Dr. Fate was so cool. The way that they put him in the cartoons now and like some of the some of the newer things that they've done with him. It's just very, it's very interesting. He's, he's a little bit like Dr. Strange, but not totally. It has a lot of just really rich storytelling with him. And it's a costume that can go in many different directions. And I don't see it very often. You know, of course, the helmet is going to be, you know, custom to your head. That's a bit of a tricky build, whether you 3D print it or whether you build it out of foam or whatever you happen to build it out of. Warbla is also a pretty good option. Um, do even doing the cape for something like that. And the costume can be simple. Uh, it can be a spandex type looking thing or it can be a muscle suit. Like there's a lot of different things that you can do with Dr. Fate because it is a bit up in the air as far as how you put that together. So there'll be some interpretation with that costume. 
another one is uh, Batman JLA and Injustice. So the variant big armor, um, Batman with armor. I thought about maybe doing like a new 52 version or a rebirth version because I like the belt and I might incorporate that into something like this. I think this one will be further down the road because Batman is a very expensive. And while I have a story about that, which I probably will never share on the cast, but it got, mm, let's say about $1,250 more expensive than it needed to be. Uh, thanks everybody for, you know, <laughs> your support on that. Um, but the, the, the JLA or the injustice variant, would be very cool to eventually build. I will have to start all over from scratch on that one. But you know what? I'm going to challenge myself to creating my own bodysuit for a lot of different reasons. And we'll see how it goes. That's going to be a really tough one. But I think I know enough about fabrics in general, just from having worked with furniture for a few years, that I can probably figure it out. Because really, at the end of the day, yeah, there is some weathering and temperament that has to go into how you stick foam to fabric but it is really just sticking foam to fabric and you do it all the time with certain types of furniture and I built custom furniture and helped to build it and put a lot of work into that and understood it and worked with engineers on it for a while so it's not totally impossible I mean you're getting a certain thickness of foam you're shaping it you're putting it underneath you know you're you have a base layer, you stick it to the base layer, you put something over the top. Like it's it's really how furniture is made to a certain degree, except that you're not putting a wooden structure or a metal structure or having to build in uh, you know, different pieces in order to build tables onto it or anything like that. Like it's actually a simpler build because of what goes into it. And like I already said, Ronin variants coming up. And I don't know, maybe I'll put some of these things on Ko-fi or in Patreon, you know, it's just like things that I happen to be raising funds for. I don't know. It's not really important. Like it happens at the speed that it happens. And it's just one piece at a time, you know, and I hope I can do it right. And I see a lot of great pieces come out there. A lot of my guests have done amazing things with their builds. And I just hope that once I get into it, that I can do something similar. So Ronin is still on the table. I just finished the sword and I'm thinking um, I'm going to need maybe some different um, adhesives for that. I've been uh, building the sword and I've been mixing glue with baking soda and that concoction has actually been working pretty well as an adhesive. It fills the gaps between 3D printed pieces. So thank you to Hoku Props for that tip because it really did come in handy and it actually works very well. Um, you will have to do some sanding to kind of get all the gunk and goo out and you probably have to do Quite a few layers if you want your piece, especially with Ronin Sword. It's kind of a big item uh, to stay together. And I think it's very cool. I'll probably 3D print a few items or have them 3D printed and just build from there. And we'll just keep going. It, it won't be quite as cool as Neon Rajans. We'll try and do it justice. I do like the Ronin character. I like the Ronin character inside of the comic books and I like him in the movie. I think it was a great direction that they went with that character in the movie. I think they pulled it off perfectly, you know, that he kind of went over the rails and he became this guy who was really just outside of being a superhero and it worked. It was cool and I think that um, being that and wearing that costume, you know, it's just, it's just going to be a fun one to put together. So hopefully, you know, kind of a medium piece, it'll be like medium armor, medium, medium difficulty, I think, and it's already like 
most, no, not mostly done, but it's getting closer. It's the closest one I have so far. Also on that list, Cyclops. And the version that I'm going to do, like, I guess it depends on how tough I want to make it on myself because there are a couple of different ones that I'm kind of toying with. Some Dark Phoenix versions of Cyclops are going back to like the 80s, the late 80s. Cyclops had like really fun um, boots with these huge like tops on them. I mean, and he, he was very blue and yellow and he actually he was, um, and I'm stealing this from Comics Explained, but he was really the last character to change his look. So all the other characters, because at a certain point, Charles Xavier said, you know, you're not all carbon copies. You need to be unique and stand out. You know, you don't have to be the same. You know, we don't have to wear the same uniforms anymore. They all kind of got their own look, but Cyclops didn't actually change. He was the one who changed the slowest over time. And I don't know, maybe I'm misquoting that, but I'm pretty sure I heard it on Comics Explained. So yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, that one... Uh, you know, I have to be in a certain level of shape to do some of these. I know people will argue that, but I believe that, you know, there's there's something to being able to be a little bit more fit for some of these costumes or just to be able to fit into them. The two the two next that I come up with um, are kind of along those lines. Like you do, um, it would probably be prudent for me to be in a bit better shape if I'm going to do either Birthday Hitman Heart or HPK, Shawn Michaels. I just think that they're a lot of fun. Say what you will about wrestling. Say what you will about the people involved with it, especially a guy like Shawn Michaels, who he's uh, he's got a lot of different ups and downs in his career. So take it with um, just being that character and with the fandom that surrounds it. But I just think it's really cool. Uh, you know, the title belts and all that stuff I grew up with wrestling and it was a big part of my life in the 80s so being able to find those characters of course the two that i'm picking had one of the most amazing matches ever when i learned about how they choreographed it and all the things that they went through in order to build it and really that they came up with it almost completely just the two of them and made it just a really great show at wrestlemania and just all the things that Bret hart's done in in general like he really is, uh, you know, a great technical wrestler. He comes from a wrestling family. Uh, his time with Stampede and, you know, beyond that, I, I have read his autobiography. He, he has done a lot and he has a really great way of telling stories. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that. And how I'm going to do the wig and pull that whole thing off, I'm not sure. And even with, uh, with Shawn Michaels, with HBK and, and uh, you know, going as, going as a wrestler in that space is also just a bit different. Um, I don't see a lot of that happening. You know, I don't see people with uh, spiky shoulder pads showing up with their faces painted. You know, I do see wrestlers at cons, um, actual wrestlers, but I don't see a lot of people exploring or expressing that fandom. But I do find it'll probably be one of the last ones that I do for either of those two. Um, but I do think it's cool. Like, I think you can do more with like purchase on those two. Like you can, you can find a singlet and you can find, you know, a lot of the things that they would wear, their jackets and their shirts and things like that are relatively easy to come by. And, you know, making a belt versus, you know, getting into like what metalworking. I don't I don't think I'm going to go that far, but I know where to find replicas, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Also on my list as I just keep talking about it, uh Malcolm Merlin. I didn't really feel like doing Green Arrow because I'm already doing Ronin and I'm sure there's a lot of like overlap. And I really like the character. I like I liked him in Torchwood. 
I really like the guy. And, um, you know, Malcolm Merlin is just a fun character anyways. You know, he has a lot of past. I watched Green Arrow the series for quite a while. You know, really, I'm not I'm not talking too much about celebrities in this cast or, you know, who portrayed them and who did this and who did that. So I'm not really getting into, you know, the cast and crew of the Arrow. Um, I'm not throwing out everybody's names. So I apologize to people who are looking for that or like, oh, why isn't he talking about just that you get sort of sort of an idea. So Malcolm Merlin, I mean, the costume is somewhat it's a little bit like the Witcher in some respects. It's a little bit like, you know, Ronin in some respects, I guess, because you can use some of the same components for the foam if you're going to go that route. Um, and, a, and it's, you know, it's basically uh, it's an arrow type costume. So it's going to have a lot of moving pieces and a sort of a leather look to it. I think it's just a little bit more built, a little bit more filled out than Arrow's costume. Um, and for me, it's a little easier because it's going to be pretty much all black. And I do like the character. I don't think he gets, again, I don't think that Malcolm Merlin gets a ton of people cosplaying as him. I don't see him very often at the cons. Everybody's got a green arrow. Well, not everybody's got a green arrow. But that seems to be the more mainstream thing. If you're going to choose something, you're going to choose green arrow. You're not going to choose Malcolm Merlin because they're going to be like, no, 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 That's more, that's just on my list. So Green Arrow used to be, and actually I was going to go to Megacon this year as Green Arrow uh, if everything fell right, and I actually got some of my costumes off the ground, but it didn't work, it didn't happen, and yeah, probably 3D printing a bow, but depending on what that looks like, you know, the bow could probably be used for more than one cosplay, because I'm not too critical about how accurate everything looks for this costume, I'd be more concerned about how accurate I am with Ronin, so if I have a bow and it works for two costumes great because it's just about i'm really just trying to check off some of the boxes here you know it's like if i can buy a pair of boots that works with every single one of these hey that's great you know i'm it's one less thing i've got to try to figure out or build or purchase and then do something to so that's great you know i just and again i i do like the character i like the character from the show and i just like the guy in general as an actor the other parts that he's been in. I won't be doing a Jack Harkness. I think if I do any of if I do any of the Doctor Who characters, it'll probably either be Matt Smith or David Tennant, even though I don't really look like either of them. I think that's a lot of fun. Or I would even do a Peter Capaldi version of the Doctor. That's one name that I will throw out there. Um just because it does get a little confusing. David Tennant, Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi, um, you know, which which doctor am I talking about? Or, you know, I have to like try and remember the numbers. He would have been second to last and um yeah i just i like the i like the way those costumes looked i think they did a really good job in costume design and just giving him that unique look and reinventing him from the david Tennant version of the doctor to matt smith to peter capaldi getting to the end of the list there will definitely be a magneto build in the future and I'll probably pattern it after the things that I do for Dr. Fate. But yes, there will definitely be a Magneto. I'm not sure which version I'm going to do just yet of Magneto. But it will probably be, probably be one the, the one that led the X-Men back when, uh, you know, X-Factor was getting started. The New Mutants were getting started. And, you know, right around the time of, you know, God Loves, Man Kills. And some of those really fun events that took place way back when you know it's just the era of comic books that 
I am more familiar with in the era that I came in on. It was really just like the early 90s, late 80s, and right around there. You know, I knew kind of what was happening in the 70s and 80s and 90s. Maybe not so much the 70s. It was kind of the backstory. Giant Size X-Men 1975 and then up to, you know, the the reboot or when X-Men Gold and X-Men Blue came out and they reintroduced Magneto and, you know, then finding out that he was a pretty big player in being that driver or being being that advocate for mutants. So the character itself, just very rich and unique. So I just think it'll be fun. And being on the, uh, you know, the aged side, of all things considered for cosplay, um, you know, I'm not 20. So why not go with some of the characters who are more into that age range? I guess, well, Depending on who you go, <laughs> which version of Magneto you use, he can be anywhere from 40 to 80. I have no idea how old Magneto is, and he's probably much older than that, or who knows. I, I, I think they do have an, they, they do have kind of an approximate age for him in the comic books, but it's hard to say based on what they have portrayed inside of the movies and just you know for how as long as he's been around in the comic books you know he is the number one villain but i think he has a really good story to tell and i'm excited about building that and sharing it and it makes sense and that's really where where avalon came from too so the reason why i chose avalon for the name has a lot to do with magneto and asteroid m and uh, that whole project and everything that went on inside of the comic books with him and the acolytes, just his philosophies. You know, not that I believe the cosplayers are superior to other people or anything like that. That you can create a sanctuary, that you can create a space that is an exclusive space for cosplay and the industries that surround it. It'll be a lot of fun. And of course, the last one, which you may not have heard of, is a character called Clay Campbell. And he comes from a comic book called Neon Future. And I hope by the time that I get to this cosplay, and it's going to be full lights, and it's going to be a version of the character who I think is in the fourth comic. Uh, I think it's uh, Neon Future number four or number five. It's towards the end when he sees a glimpse of himself in the future. And if you haven't, if you haven't checked out Neon Future yet, you should definitely give it a go. Like, it's there's only it's a limited series right now. It's only six comic books long. I, they will be making more soon. Um, the next, uh, the other uh, title that's come out from IT Comics is called Hexagon. So yeah, you definitely want to check it out. Was very excited when I saw that Tom Bilyeu was creating characters that he was creating his comic book series, and a lot of work and effort went in. And really, the character is not necessarily patterned after Tom, but it is his likeness. Not seen anyone cosplay Clay Campbell. I have seen one person cosplay as D from the comic book series, but no one have, I haven't seen any um, really neon future characters out there. So that would be a fun place. I was going to try and get that, get to that a lot sooner, but it's probably just going to be a while in coming because there are some, and like as an enhanced inside of that series, and again, just um, just check it out, just read it and enjoy it. I think there's a compendium out now too. You can just go to like itcomics.com and you can buy them right there. Like he's got the distribution down. So it's easy to find, easy to buy. Distribution in the comic book world is very closed off. And when you're a new comic book, you really got to get out there and do it yourself. And that's what I've heard. It is not a fun market. It's a tough one. 
Um, they did a very good job with the comic book. I look forward to what IT Comics will do in the future. I look forward to trying to make the best of that one. I don't know if it'll be the last one I do. Again, I think that it'll probably be Shawn Michaels. Um, that would be the last one. I don't know. I might even try and do that one for New York Comic Con this year, assuming that they go forward with any events this year. Check that character out. Google Clay Campbell Neon Future um, to see more about that. I'll see if I can link up to IT Comics in my show notes. Share with you my fandom for Impact Theory and Tom Bilyeu and Lisa Bilyeu and everything that they're about and everything that they do. It's very cool. And they are they are such great people to meet at conventions. So if you're at a convention and you see the IT Comic booth, go go find them and check it out because he's super down to earth. He's easy to talk to. I mean, the guy's a billionaire. But he sits there and he's signing comics and he's interacting with fans and with people that appreciate what's going on. I had a great discussion, discussion, no less, um, you know, more than just one word and a thanks. Um, but he had good advice for me. He had good advice for a friend of mine. He was very happy. And I'm talking about Tom Bilyeu. He's very uh, attentive and he really does take care of what he's doing. So if you go down Artist Alley, sometimes it's more just like sell, sell, sell. And they really want to just get that thing in your hand and sign it and be done with it. I understand some of that. As an artist or as a creator, as a maker, producer, I mean, the guy has worked on every part of these comic books. I'm not so sure if he's done a lot of the illustration, but I know that he's worked in just about every aspect of his own comic. He's written for it. Uh, he's worked on design. He does concept. He's so humble about everything that he's accomplished with Quest, with Impact Theory, and now with IT Comics. And for him to be at the event, it's just great. And I think it's right now there aren't lines around. You know, they're they're not lines around the end of the building or anything like that. It's pretty close knit. You can definitely get into IT Comics without much of a of a of a concern about there being a huge crowd for you to try and wade through. You can learn so much from the guy. I mean, really just ask him any questions. I mean, he used to do an ask me anything section. People would email him and he would do his best to answer all the questions. He's super patient and he takes every consideration. I mean, when he is signing your comic, you really can see how he really pays attention to every single fan, every single person who brings something to him. He he did freak out when I did show him the limited edition of of Neon Future Number One, which I picked up at uh, C2E2 a year ago, and I was happy to get it signed. I really hope that they do a lot with Neon Future. This wasn't really a Neon Future podcast. It's super cool. I think it's going to be a real fun build. And yeah, those are my those are on my bucket list. Maybe I will grow that list as time goes on. Uh, and I would love to hear about the projects that you are working on. You know, feel free to send me a DM or send me an email about the things that you work on. It's all great. I try to get back to people as I can. I'm only one person, so keep that in mind. It's it's all about the fandom. It's all about the builds. It's all about growing. It's all about providing a space and being in the space for cosplayers that's safe building skills everything and anything in between for cosplay and fandom you've been listening to the heroes of cosplay sanctuary podcast this is scotty b thanks so much bye-bye <laughs>